Living is when a person is striving towards perfection. When man stops this journey, he dies. My goal is to live the best possible life available to me. I wish to help and serve others in my day-to-day activity, and I will strive to be an asset and improve every room I find myself in. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode two. You may notice a few different things. Um, The first thing is the name change, right? Exciting. The first name, the Eternal Student, was definitely what I was going for, but unfortunately it was taken. Um, And so while brainstorming, I really thought about what I like to do and what I'm really improving on or really trying to initially improve on. And it really... Sorry, excuse me. It really narrowed down to two essential bits. Um, My mental and my physical state. So obviously, the eternal student encompasses a lot of, you know, never really quite losing the... um, Learning, I suppose you will. Even if you, I mean, many masters of almost every craft have said this before, that even when you think that you've mastered something, there's always one little thing left, right? There's always that little bit that you haven't quite gotten all the way down. Um, Maybe if, you know, archery, you know, that 60-yard shot just isn't quite nailing it. Or like basketball, maybe you're not quite good on that left corner of the three or, you know, I don't play basketball, but you get the idea um, where there's always going to be a little bit of your craft that's left to perfect. That really uh, was what I what I thought would be necessary to emphasize in the first title. The second title of The Boxing Philosopher, I really like this. As far as I can tell, it's not taken, um, and it encompasses actually a lot more of my personal goals right so and it also just kind of encompasses a better idea of what a philosopher is almost because a philosopher is trying to strive for the truth right they're a lover of the truth and they're trying to find that um obviously great ones are aristotle plato socrates and something that was actually common among all of them xenophron xenophron i think it's xenophron um all these great philosophers is that they were soldiers. I mean, they had to be the Greek city-states of Athens, Sparta, um, Thebes. They all required service for a number of years um, if you were to be considered a full citizen. And I think that this is actually quite important, um, not only for citizenship in general, but um, manhood, right? The three duties of man is to protect, provide, and preside, you know, to uh, have responsibility, to maintain, and to um, have people under his wing, and then also to rule over them, right, to have a command, Um, and really that is a huge part of what I... My journey to become a better man is to improve in those three areas and to be a great philosopher, a great lover of wisdom, a great lover of learning, 
and then the boxing part, um, it's a recent love of mine, but a fascination going into love, maybe it's still infatuation, but going into love of boxing, um, and mixed martial arts, right, this ancient sport that, again, goes back to Aristotle, Plato, Socrates, um, Ajax, the I forget his title, but Ajax, everybody in the Odyssey, right? It's one of the great Olympian games. It's one of the great funeral games in the Odyssey, right? Is this boxing match with gloves, right? Um, it's a great chess match on your feet where you are in a ring with another man and you just, that's it. <laughs> There's a beautiful simplicity to the sport that I truly adore. And the physical shape that it requires, um, is absolutely admirable. It's something that I'm realizing more and more. Um, and it's definitely, it encompasses the physical aspect of what I want to be, right? I want to be fast. I want to be strong. I want to be capable to protect myself and others um, against harm. And that would be, I mean, boxing encompasses all of that as well as the almost like the life and death struggle, if you will. Um, that is within boxing because you can die if you box. <laughs> it's it's just something that might happen. It's just you know, um, yeah. It's just something that is inherent in the sport. One thing that I really wanted to uh, emphasize today is kind of my personal philosophy, if that will, if you will. So I just wanted to read a quick um, quote from Socrates. And you have to keep in mind just one thing. Socrates never actually wrote anything down. It's really interesting. Um, so he was an exclusively an orator. He didn't uh, write anything down. He left that up to Xenophon and Plato, his students. Um, and that's how we have everything that Socrates ever wrote down. So I'm going to read you this quick quote that's really, really important. Um, to me, once I heard it, it instantly opened my eyes to a lot of things. So this is from the Xenophon's Memorabilia. Um, and it's Socrates to Epigenes, who is either just a fictitious character to represent the kind of laziness of Athens, or is an actual guy uh, who mentions to Socrates, or Socrates mentions that he's getting a little chubby, and Epigenes kind of brushes it off saying, why does it matter, I'm not an Olympian, um, or even, a, there's no soldiers around, so why should I care at all? So Socrates responds like this. Just as much as the competitors enter for Olympia. Or do you count the life and death struggle with their enemies, upon which it may be the Athenians will enter but a small thing? Why many, thanks to their bad condition, lose their life in the perils of war or save it disgracefully? Many, just for this same cause, are taken prisoner, and then either pass the rest of their days, perhaps, in slavery of the hardest kind, or, after meeting with cruel sufferings and paying, sometimes more than they have, live on, destitute and in misery." Many, again, by their bodily weakness, earn infamy, being thought cowards. Or do you despise these, the rewards of bad conditions, and think that you can easily endure such things? And yet I suppose that what has to be borne by anyone who takes care to keep his body in good condition 
is far lighter and far pleasanter than these things? Or is it that you think bad condition healthier and generally more serviceable than good? Or do you despise the effects of good condition? And yet the results of physical fitness are the direct opposite of those that follow from unfitness. The fit are healthy and strong, and many, as a consequence, save themselves decorously on the battlefield and escape all the dangers of war. Many help friends and do good to their country, and for this cause earn gratitude, great, get great glory, and gain very high honors. And for this cause live henceforth a pleasanter and better life, and leave to their children better means of winning a livelihood. Besides, it is a disgrace to grow old through sheer carelessness before seeing what manner of man you may become by developing your bodily strength and beauty to their highest limit. But you cannot see that if you are careless, for it will not come of its own accord. I'm just going to let that sink in for a second. You cannot see that if you are careless, for it will not come of its own accord. That last little bit talking about how, you know, you it is a disgrace to grow old without knowing what you're capable of. Um, and that requires grit, work. Um, that's a driving point of my personal philosophy. That if you set yourself up well physically, the mental aspect of it falls directly into place. The spiritual aspect of it, of being man, falls into place. Because now you have the discipline. You have mastered the physical. You are mastering the physical. You're putting it in place. So now you can focus on other things, right? Your health is there. And now it's time for your mental health, your spiritual health. This is a huge part of um, the protecting part of being a man, right? The part where Socrates says, um, this for this cause, the cause of living well, henceforth a pleasanter and better life and leave to their children better means of winning a livelihood. It doesn't just benefit you to be healthy. It benefits your children. The next generation benefits from you caring for yourself. You improve the room that you're in simply by taking care of yourself because you show that you have the discipline, you have the respect of yourself, that you can actually truly live and care for others. You're not focused on your own health to an extent. So maybe I should explain that. You're focused on your own health in the way that it should be. So... You know, you work out, you run, you box, you do whatever it is that you need to do to maintain your physical shape and physical wellness, not just pleasing to others, right? Not just the beach body, but an actual functional body. Everything works how it should. So now you can turn your attention from yourself to others, which is what it means to be a to be Christian, to be Catholic, is to put yourself last in the proper order, prudently, right? So that others can be glorified, so that Christ can be glorified. And just that Socrates hit on that so quickly 
and I mean, it's not a very big, I mean, it looks big on paper. I am obviously I read it off and it, it took a little bit, but it's not a huge quote to really drive home what is really necessary or why it's necessary to maintain physical health, why it's attractive, right? Why the physical form of someone is attractive. Why we look at Marvel superheroes or anybody and we go, whoa. My brother is infatuated with Creed. He he really admires the shape that Michael B. Jordan got into for the Creed movies and for Black Panther. um, Especially if you've seen him before. Like If you've seen Michael B. Jordan before Marvel, before Creed... It's astonishing. I don't even know how much, how many pounds he put on, but he does not look this, like the same guy. Like his face is the same, obviously, but like everything else, totally different person. It's almost a st- uh, like a Captain America transformation. It's crazy. But he know my brother knows, and I know, because that, that's kind of the thing I'm also trying to achieve, but we both know that that came over a year and a half of hard physical training of perfect nutrition physical therapy of all of these things of all the right resources and time so it's not going to be achievable for everyone per se immediately and that's why I put such a stress on the physical because to maintain and to uphold the physical requires virtues that will instantaneously, is that a word? We'll go with instantaneously, that automatically, that's the better word, that will automatically transfer over to your spiritual and mental health. I was just thinking morning prayer is like... A workout. It's the reps, right? If you do a rosary, imagine each decade is a set. Curls, bench, squat. And each Hail Mary is a rep. You got to put the reps in if you're going to get the muscles. If you're going to get the strength. And it can't just be once every month. It's got to be consistent. Right? Every day you got to put in the the reps, the work, the grit, the grind. And I I honestly think that everyone knows this and they've been told this so often that it just goes in one ear and out the other, which is really sad. But it's true. I kind of laugh when people, when I see these YouTube ads or whatever ads it may be, where it's like, I know the secret. You may have tried this. You may have done this. But this is it. This is how you do it. When you break all of these things down, they're all going back to basics. It's all a below or calorie deficient diet with some exercise. With recipes that you can get online very easily. Anyone who wants to become physically fit has the resources available to them. Now more than ever. 
Everyone who wants to improve their spiritual life has the resources available to them. Immediately. Everyone who wants to improve their mental acuity already there. Just read the Nicomachean Ethics. You will become more aware of what you need to do to improve. I swear it. I'm not even done with it. And I already know that. I'm like halfway done. This is all leading back to my personal philosophy of eternal improvement. Right? Like I said at the beginning of the episode... To live is to strive towards perfection. When you stop that journey, that stepping forward, you die. The only person who isn't growing or changing is the one six feet under. No, we, there's, um, I don't know if it's specifically Catholic in origin, but there's a saying where if you're not moving forward, you're going backwards, right? That's often correlated with the um, highway to hell, to use ACDC's beautiful um, words. That song is really good. I love that song. Right? That's why it's a highway to hell and a stairway to heaven. It's a lot easier to just go downstream. Which is what, and Socrates recognizes this, right? We have to, you can't see these things, these changes, these bodily strength and beauty to their highest limit if you're careless. Because it doesn't come of its own accord. That's a direct quote from Socrates. If you're not moving forward, you're going backwards. And we do not want to go backwards. It's rather painful when you land. It's... really important to me now that I'm sitting looking at the rest of my life I'm about to go into college for two week in two weeks sorry it's really important to me that I hit these goals do I am I consistent? Hundred percent of the time, ninety-five percent of the time, no, <laughs> goodness, no. But am I standing here? Well, sitting. But am I sitting here, ready to do it again? Ready to start out in this this day, this morning? Am I ready to move forward? Brushing off what happened yesterday, what happened last week, what happened for my entire life. Yes.
I'm ready. Now, this isn't really a call to arms, if you will. I'm just sharing with whoever wants to listen what I'm, what I believe, what I'm doing. My main weakness is discipline. Now you may notice a common thread throughout the three categories of man that I've defined in the last episode and in this one. Well, not really defined in this one, but it should be understood in this one. In the physical, the mental, and the spiritual. So all three of them require discipline. Loads and loads of discipline. So, to be lacking in that department is rather problematic and something I'm working on remedying very quickly. Is it working? Only time will tell. The optimistic me that I am this morning would say absolutely. But give it a few hours. I might have a very different answer. As a graduation gift, my grandparents gave me this glass cube, I guess I guess it is. And inscribed in it is a few stanzas. I'm only gonna share one. Because I think this one is very particular to specifically this episode. Success is never final. And failure is never fatal. It's your courage through both that counts. We always hear that that second line, failure is never fatal, right? It's all right, it's all right. It's just one loss. Brush it off. You'll win the next one. Success is never final. That goes through my head a lot throughout the day. Don't sit on your laurels. Don't count your chickens before they hatch. And even when they do hatch, still got to take care of them. Right? That line runs through my head every time I start to get cocky. Every time I kind of puff out my chest a little bit more than I should. Right? Maybe, you know... I can ease up on this. Give them a little chance, you know? Well, hold on. Your success is never final. And when I lose, when I'm on the speed bag and I duff a hit and it's just, oh, I'm embarrassed. I can't do jump rope from one morning, right? I'm sitting in the gym being a fool with this cord in my hands. Failure is never fatal. In order to get better at something, you have to do it often. 
You master the things you do every day. If you sit in front of a TV every day, you're going to master being a couch potato. But guess what? If you put 20 arrows downrange every day, that's 140 arrows a week. I'm bad at math, so I'm not going to try and multiply that. But you get the idea where it compounds. Daily habits compound. If you work on one small discipline every day, that discipline becomes habit. That habit will form a lifestyle. Good or bad. And remember, you can't just rip out bad habits. You have to replace them with good ones. You can't say just no more TV. Great, now what do you do with the five hours that you were spent watching TV every day? Stare at your wall? What's the good habit that you're going to replace it with? A hike? Service? Family? finances maybe there's a garage that needs cleaning a car in my case a book on your list that you should probably definitely get on or maybe not go cold turkey right Arnold Schwarzenegger has a great speech about this, about time management specifically. Um, I've never, actually, I don't know, actually know where he makes the speech. If you just you Google Arnold Schwarzenegger speech that broke the internet, it's on Spotify too. Um, it's the best speech I've ever heard about time management, right? Because Arnold Schwarzenegger came. To the United States with like pocket change. And he became who he is. You know, love or hate his movies. He's not the best actor, but his victories in Mr. Olympia, undisputable. To go from an immigrant to a governor of California? California. Like, that is still huge, right? Because he understood the value of his time. So, the first step is to understand the value of your time. Really understand that each hour is precious and that you are handing it over to something without getting it back. This last, what has it been, half an hour, I've decided to spend with you guys. I've decided that this is valuable enough for my time at 
6 o'clock in the morning to do this rather than go on Reddit, rather than improving perhaps my boxing or enjoying a cup of coffee outside. I think it rained. I'm not sure. Instead, I'm here with my cup of coffee with you guys. It's a cold cup of coffee, but it's still coffee. So keep that in mind. What's valuable enough for you to give your time to? I know my dad drilled into me that my time has value and I determine the value of my time. I think when I was 16 or 17 and I was looking for a job, I kind of wanted to just go for the first thing that accepted me at like minimum wage. But my dad kind of shook his head a little bit and went against it. He said, he told me, now I can't remember exactly, but it was along the lines of your time's more valuable than that and you need to recognize that. He also kind of, he also called upon the idea that everything should be kind of improving. My job should be something that I'm improving in, right? Leveling up, getting promotions, and then I should be learning from. Like my first job taught me kind of the hustle, the grind. He's teaching me still. Getting things done and getting them done efficiently and quickly. My second job is a lot more people-oriented. People as in kids, um, but like growing in patience with people and growing in that skill set. That's really important. I don't want to just get paid. I want the job to improve me, and I want to be able to improve the job that I'm in. I want to be able to leave a job and have left something and taken something valuable from that job, from that experience. And I think that at the end of the day, with what I have right now, I will. But you have to keep going. For it will not come of its own accord. I think that's really going to be the, the main lesson. Or the main point of today. Probably going to have to wrap it up pretty soon. Um, but. That whatever you want. Will not come of its own accord. Valuable words by Socrates cannot be overstated. If you have a goal, a vision ahead of you, 
You have to grind for it. Motivation is nice, but it's it's like starting a campfire. You can't build it out of pine needles and shavings. That's not going to work. You're going to be feeding that thing forever and ever and ever and ever with no chance of doing anything that a campfire allows you to do. Cook your food, warm yourself up. If you're getting advanced with it, working with metal, any of these things are not possible if you're feeding it pine needles. It's going to smoke. It's going to light. But you're just going to be feeding it pine needles. That's the motivation. That's the initial spark. right? That allows you to go from your flint to your flame. But then you're going to need something more substantial. The discipline, the grind. That's what's going to burn for a long time. It's the habit. Because with that, you can see your goal... And you can move towards it. You're not worried about whether or not you're going to do it. You're going to do it. And you're going to move towards that goal. Because you know that it will not come of its own accord. This has been episode two of the Boxing Philosopher Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Over this last half an hour, it's been an absolute pleasure. I hope to see you soon. I will be gone all of August, unfortunately, um, due to some school. Um, I'll be out in the Rockies, so I won't be able to record or anything like that. And again, sorry for the hiatus that I took a little bit. Um, kind of got bombed. I thought summer was going to be a little bit of a easy thing to do but it turned out that a lot of things require my attention um and you know this is just a quick time that i had and decided to take and yeah thank you again so much my name is jacob baska this has been the boxing philosopher podcast i will see you next time